We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game betting odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. And welcome to another edition of Dynasty Cast on Rotoviz Radio. Week nine is in the books. Uh, we're we're back to don't spoil my NFL football for us. We haven't seen it yet. We're no spoilers. Um, we don't want to hear it. We don't know who won the game. I can't not even remember who's playing right now. But you know it is what it is. <laughs> Steelers Bears. Steelers Bears. There you go. There you uh, go. You got it. Steelers and Bears are going to be playing shortly, and we're going to be talking about some football that happened on Sunday and thereabouts with my friend who just spoke before I introed him, Dan Senio in the Bill Ding. I, I am, in fact, here. We are speaking on week nine. I did uh, jump in there a little bit preemptively. I know you like to hit the intro first, but uh, I, I had to speak on a turn just in case you forgot actually who was playing Monday Night Football. Um, some interesting topics tonight. I'm, I'm looking forward to definitely a few of them. A, a few of them I'm not. One of them being the one that I'm wrong on. So that'll be an interesting topic. But well, everyone's probably like, "Well, Dan's wrong on everything." So we'll we'll get there when we get there. But the first few, I, I'm I'm happy to start with. Yeah, the first few, as in the first one, we'll get into the show is one that I was very very wrong on and it was the narrative and usually these narratives are lazy usually these, na- these narratives are wrong but at a very small sample size the narrative that baker mayfield is better without odell beckham jr over the last two seasons looks like a resounding yes baker mayfield is much better without the you know the route running and the you know uh, what's it called um you know uh, what Improv, improvisation, and the improvisational routes of Odo Beckham ruined Baker Mayfield, and those improvisational routes are gone. So, 
Are we all aboard the Baker train with Odell Beckham out? No, no, ab- absolutely not. I know you're, I, I like Baker coming out too. I, I, we both been fans of Baker. I thought we would get there by now. You have to target Odell for him, for those specific targets and those specific routes to be an issue. He's not even attempting to throw it his way. And when he does, they're horrendously thrown footballs. I'm firmly planted on the side of Baker's not good. He's at best a game manager that tries to improvise too much. If you can keep him in the pocket, keep Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt when he's healthy, active, this team should be a well-oiled machine. You've got enough playmakers on offense where somebody can break one loose, even on a, a very you know, laid back passing game. I don't think Baker should be throwing it more than honestly, like 25 times ever. Uh, He needs to be on the Russell Wilson program, but Russell can also make plays. Baker doesn't really have that. He needs his playmakers to make the plays. Uh, And, and again, you've got, you still have Jarvis Landry who forever is going to be underappreciated. You have the emergence of Donovan people's Jones, who I know was a Debbie darling. We talked about that previously. Uh, Anthony Schwartz is still there. Hollywood Higgins is still there. David Njoku, the tight end, the whole tight end room is is pretty strong as it is. So I I think they just need to try to protect Baker and draw everything as, as clean as they possibly can and allow those guys to make all of the plays. Because I don't think Baker is a guy that's ever going to take over a game. He's never going to lead this team the way that Patrick Mahomes leads his team or, or, you know, one of those kinds of guys. So, I'm I'm all aboard the sell train if people really think that his value increases by losing Odell Beckham. Um, and I won't be buying in really at any point. When you look at the Rotoviz game splits app, just straight fantasy points, it's actually pretty similar. 17.3 in with Odell Beckham, 18.71 out of the split with Odell Beckham. But the big differentiator there is kind of some touchdown luck. 1.67 touchdowns with Odo Beckham, 1.09 without him. So the, the, the stats that are more, you know, consistent week to week are the interceptions. He has uh, more, than half the, more than half the fewer interceptions, 0.27 versus 0.58. And then yards per attempt, 8.09 versus 7.05 without of the Odo Beckham split. So I genuinely think he's going to be playing better quarterback with Odell Beckham out of the lineup. It doesn't seem like it makes any sense, but it, for whatever reason it does. And yes, I, I, to an extent, he's going to be a game manager to an extent it is Nick, the Nick Chubb show, but I want to see more of Odell Beckham outside of, I mean, I'm, I want to see, I do want to see more of Odell Beckham, but more so I want to see more of Baker Mayfield without Odell Beckham. Yeah. I think as, like I said before, as long as they simplify it for Baker, they they draw everything up to to have him work underneath intermediate. He he can't be pushing the ball downfield. That's where we see a lot of these issues arise because that's where Odell wins. I mean, Odell can win anywhere, but he was brought in to win down the field. And then you see them succeeding with guys like DPJ down the field and Baker making easy throws there when he had similar easy throws available for Odell and just never really pulled the trigger on him. So uh, it'll be interesting nonetheless. I, I do think it's probably good for Baker to play a little more reserved at quarterback than trying to get outside the pocket and become Kyler Murray and, and do those kinds of things. I, he just needs to become like Alex Smith slash Kirk cousins and just be in the pocket 
and try to deliver the ball wherever he can take the easy throws, take what the defense is giving you. I think that will be best suited for Baker. I don't think he's a good fantasy asset. I don't think 16 to 18 points fantasy wise is going to cut it as a quarterback. You need those 20 plus quarterback or 20 plus point quarterbacks. Uh, and for his price previously, when he was being touted as a high end QB two, even some folks had him low end QB one, you're just not getting the points for, for that value, unfortunately. So, uh, I mean, if you're getting them for like a low end QB two in that price range, I, I don't necessarily hate that. I would just, there's plenty of guys I would rather have even some guys where you can be streaming quarterback are going to bring up more points than 16 to 18 points like Baker Mayfield does. And the public is hugely down on Baker, uh, according to October ADP. Obviously, gets a little outdated during the season. But QB 25 off the board um, on on Dynasty ADP right now. And so I would take him over a lot of the guys that are going ahead of him. I would take him over Cousins. I would take him over Zach Wilson. I would take him over Darnold, certainly. I'd take him over to uh, Daniel Jones, Derek Carr, pretty much all those guys very easily. So that, that puts him in, at the very least, the low teens for Baker Mayfield. I, so I think this I, I think this would be the fair comparison. Where are you at with Baker versus Mac Jones? I would rather have Mac there, to be completely honest. I, I have more faith in Josh McDaniel's offense with no weapons than the Cleveland offense with significant weapons, including a stacked running back room. All right, let's move on to Odo Beckham. Now, this this might be our like guaranteed to be outdated by the time you're listening to it segment. Odo Beckham. He will uh, be eligible to claim on waivers on Tuesday. What is your dynasty outlook on him? We're not going to, I guess we're not really going to talk about teams because that probably will be solved by the time people are hearing this. Do you think there's a glimmer of hope? Do you think it's like he is, you know, more of a lottery ticket? Where are we at with Odell and his dynasty value? Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm fully still in the camp that Odell is one of the better wide receivers in the NFL. It's very clear he can still win. He just needs someone to get the football in his general vicinity. We've seen him make these acrobatic catches all the time. You know, whenever whenever the ball is in range, Odell catches it. Uh, he does get a little lackadaisical on the easy ones. We've seen that as well. But there's absolutely no reason to believe that Odell in what should be his prime years, won't be putting up wide receiver two numbers for whoever he lands on, barring him going to like Cincinnati or something where he'll have crazy amounts of, of you know, target uh, going elsewhere. I, I would just like to see him go somewhere where he can be the alpha with a quarterback that's happy to push the ball downfield and can do so somewhat accurately. Uh, obviously, you know, everybody in their and their sister has been putting him uh, to Las Vegas with the Raiders and pairing him up with Derek Carr is kind of a, a match made in heaven there. Derek Carr really hasn't had that player, uh, that that real alpha wide receiver, um, you know, maybe Michael Crabtree. But uh, outside of that, he's um, he's not really had that guy. And I think Odell could thrive in Vegas. Yeah, I think Vegas is one of the more attractive ones in terms of fantasy production because he's going to have that immediate volume. I, they did just sign Deshaun Jackson for whatever that's worth. But yeah, I think uh, that Oakland's a nice spot for him. Seattle's an interesting one, not really from a di- dynasty or fantasy perspective, but from an NFL perspective. Like that would be a very fun offense if Odo Beckham can show any signs of like 2014, 2015 Odo Beckham. But yeah, so because this is more so hypothetical talk, we'll, we'll talk more Odell next week once we have his landing spot. 
now we have Michael Pittman of the Indianapolis Colts having a bit of a sophomore rise, sophomore sensation for uh, Michael Pittman. He's got 105 receiving yards, 86 receiving yards, 64 receiving yards the last three games, four total touchdowns in the last three games, and a touchdown in four of the last five games. So we've seen inconsistent play from Carson Wentz, but it looks like Pittman is his number one option. Not that he really had much of a choice because Hilton is – Hilton is all but retired, and there's not much else in that offense. But Pittman has secured that number one role in Indy. Yeah, he's he's really having a, a big jump in his in his sophomore campaign here. Obviously, he wasn't really used thoroughly as a rookie. Um, I believe he was a little bit banged up coming in, but we've seen him, you know, kind of prove week in and week out he can he can win in the NFL and, and he can kind of do the things that uh, some folks thought he could do. And I know there was, um, there was a lot of questions. I think the big knock on him was, was like man to man corner coverage and, and, you know, corners pressing him, uh, him not being able to separate and do those kinds of things. But I, I feel like, I feel like he can do most of the things that someone like Cortland Sutton can do. Uh, someone that I, that I find to be a very attractive fantasy piece right now. Uh, and Michael Pittman, honestly, is, is probably going to be higher up than someone like Cortland Sutton because he doesn't have any battle for targets and he's winning. We're seeing him play very well with very mediocre quarterback play. And uh, yeah, I, I feel like he's got to continue to rise up those charts. I'm not really sure where he's at at the moment, but I, I feel like it's probably too low. Yeah, I, I think that a lot of that is because we've been burned a lot in recent years by the sophomore wide receiver anticipating a huge second-year breakout, and a lot of that just hasn't come to fruition. That And this happens every time we have a rookie that doesn't dazzle in year one. Michael Kitt Pittman did not you know, have a huge rookie season, mostly because he was battling injuries. But yeah, I, I think that a lot of that led to you know maybe some lower valuing of Michael Pittman. But also, we talk about it every single week. Michael Pittman is your classic type of the guy who had him on the roster in September 29th or September 2020. He held on to him and didn't listen to any offers unless you were offering like a first plus. Yeah. Thankfully I dislike Aaron Jones because I have actually a few leagues where I got specifically that trade offer of Aaron Jones for Michael Pittman. And as, as well as Aaron Jones has been playing this year, I would rather have a wide receiver asset. Uh, that's going to be rising up the boards and probably has already surpassed Aaron Jones at this point. Uh, October ADP had him at wide receiver 35. So basically that that swing between wide receiver three and wide receiver four, when reality he's probably going to be closer to wide receiver 24 and 25 on that borderline of a, a clear cut wide receiver two, in my opinion. Uh, but because of the depth of the position at this stage, he he may get bumped down just a little bit because of the big names in front of him. Yeah, for sure. And also, you know, for the most part, fantasy industry does not like themselves Carson Wentz. So it's not it's not like when Carson Wentz went to Indy, they're like, OK, well, we got to get Carson Wentz as number one wide receiver. Yeah, they were just hoping to get the Indianapolis Colts wide receiver one. They, they had no interest in supporting Carson Wentz because it's very clear he's due to. All right. So from a sophomore wide receiver to a rookie who kind of. I I was expecting one Elijah Moore, and he might still end up having it. I was expecting Elijah Moore to have a rookie, a a Michael Pittman type rookie year. You know, battled some injuries early in, in the preseason, and not doing much in the rookie season. Well, 
that has changed at least for one game against the uh, New York, I guess the Indianapolis Colts, you know, staying in the same game, basically uh, seven catches for 84 yards and two touchdowns. Still not quite seeing the deep threat that we were expecting him uh, coming out of, of Ole Miss, um, averaging around 12 catches, uh, 12 yards per catch right now. But with more, I still think that we might be a little bit time away. Yes, we're going to have a couple of these blow up games. He's so young. He's only 21 years old. He'll be 22 in the offseason. But the Jets quarterbacking is just bad. <laughs> like, it's 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 worse than expected. You expected to see something from Zach Wilson. We've seen nothing. You've seen something-ish from Mike White, Josh Johnson. Like, that might be the biggest indictment on Zach Wilson is that Josh Johnson and Zach and, – and Josh Johnson and Mike White have looked like NFL, like, backup quarterbacks, like, capable of that, where Zach Wilson didn't even look like that. Yeah, unfortunately, I think they're going to be stuck with really poor QB play uh, for at least a couple more years. And that it, it shouldn't necessarily kill Elijah Moore's fantasy value, but it, it's not necessarily going to prop it up either. He, he's going to have to do almost all of that work himself. Uh, early on, he was drawing all the comparisons to like Antonio Brown because of his size and, and you know his ability to play through, over the middle and, and do all of that stuff. He is your your slot type wide receiver. Um, it was a little bit undersized, but he always felt like he played bigger in college. And and now we're we're seeing him in the NFL. And I mean, you alluded to it a little bit. Him having kind of a, a Michael Pittman type rookie season. He's pretty much on pace for almost exactly what Michael Pittman did as a rookie. Uh, and along the way, we'll see little glimmers of hope, and, and hope to see a lot of the things that we happen to see in college. What you know, the the stuff that we liked, obviously. Uh, like I said, he plays bigger than he, than he is. I think he's like five, nine or five, eight or something like that. But I mean, he definitely plays like a bigger wide receiver. Uh, I would like to see them feature him as much in the slot as possible and stop giving work to like Jamison Crowder and whoever else they have, because as a, as a compliment to Corey Davis, these two should work pretty much perfect together. Um, we'll see how that looks in the future. And, and if Zach Wilson can stay healthy and be, even mediocre. If Zach Wilson can be Baker Mayfield, this offense should be just fine. Uh, I would say uh, they, they'll need to land themselves a halfway decent running back. But at the moment, I feel like Elijah Moore is a, is a good hold. I wouldn't be selling after a big game. Uh, and it's honestly probably okay still to buy. I don't feel like his price is going to be crazy. You might, and I say might be able to still get him for like an early second at this stage. For the most part, though, it's probably going to cost you a late first or some potentially maybe some veteran points on a contender that got him late in the first round. Uh, th those types of deals might be more intriguing to contenders. Sending Adam Thielen and getting Elijah Moore might be something that uh, some some contenders might be willing to do. Well, before we head into the second half of the show, I want to let you know you should get your Rotoviz on. It is November. No better time than now to invest in Rotoviz. Invest in helping the Rotoviz radio network and making it better by subscribing to Rotoviz with a 10% discount. RV Radio 2021 gets you access to all of our content and tools. We talk about them every week. You need to get in on the fun, in on the action, make your teams better, make yourself better as a Dynasty fan, as a Dynasty analyst, whatever it may be. Rotoviz can make you better. It makes Dan and I better each and every week, and it'll make you better along the way. So, RV Radio 2021, become a better fantasy player today. We're driven by the search for better. 
But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up. Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs. Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. Instacart for the win. Now, uh, we've we talked about some guys that we liked, some guys that we didn't like, some some rights, some wrongs. I will say, so far, I have been wrong on one Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith looks like one of the next great wide receivers in the NFL, looks like a top 10, a future top 10 wide receiver. He has two 100-yard games so far this season, and he is averaging, let's, let's see where it is right here. It's not in front of me. Oh, yes. Averaging 14.1 yards per catch on 537 receiving yards. And that's with what they call Jalen Hurts. I think he's a quarterback, kind of, um, at the quarterback position. So, yeah, I'm I'm eating a little bit of crow here. Granted, Waddle's been good, and Chase has been, you know, way better than Devonta Smith. So, don't, don't get that twisted. But Smith has been better than expected, at least from my perspective, so far this year. Yeah, and I wouldn't necessarily say that Jamar Chase has been significantly better He's had significantly better quarterback play. You got to remember Jalen Hurts sucks. So <laughs> Devonta Smith is going to be held back a little bit. He can only do so much. Um, and, and, you know, the way this offense is, as the offense is completely broken as is because you, they're just trying to get Jalen Hurts to do anything. So uh, seeing Devonta Smith win a little bit um, is not necessarily shocking to me. Uh, it's nice to see these big games come about here and there. Um, the, you know, the, the size and strength thing was, was always the issue. I never thought talent was an issue. I, we always knew he could win with his routes. Uh, he could win downfield. He could do all of these things. It was, it was the size and the strength. Was, was it going to be in, was, was he skilled enough to surpass being really way undersized playing weight at like 165 pounds or whatever it is. So um, he's shown at, at least enough at, at this stage that he can a stay healthy doing so and B, win versus press coverage, win down the field, win wherever he needs to win. It's just whether or not his quarterback is going to get him the football. So, um, yeah, it's a weird one. I still struggle a little bit with the size and, and how how long he'll be able to do it for because I just feel like you got to get so beaten up being, being so little and just constantly getting bashed every single play. So I like Devonta Smith. I, I think he's as talented as, as anybody in the league, to be completely honest with you. Uh, we just need way better quarterback play 
a, a more sound offense as a whole. And uh, hopefully he just stays healthy and he's shown he can do it so far. All right, let's move on to kind of a non-fantasy topic, but it just needs to be out there as two guys who have been uh, tooting the horn <laughs> of one Kyle Shanahan for the last 10 years. Kyle Shanahan is bad. Very, very bad. He's one of the worst coaches in the NFL. He lost by a lot to a Colt McCoy-led Arizona Cardinals team. He still, like, he... He kind of like tickled our balls a little bit by, <laughs> by showing us some trailing to the beginning of the season. And I know he got hurt, but like the, now that he's back, he's like, nope, we're not going to use trailing at all anymore. Like that was, that was a dumb thing to do. Nope. It was the smartest thing you were doing, Kyle Shanahan. And this 49ers team, it, like after week one, I thought they were great. And obviously now they're abysmal. Um, so Yeah. 49ers slash Kyle Shanahan are very bad, and I'm just looking forward to the Trey Lance era, whether that's with Kyle Shanahan, most likely not, or with somebody else. It's gotten to the point now where it feels like Shanahan's just like out coaching himself. Like he's trying to do so much and it just doesn't work. Like, you know how you're trying to put like a screw in the wall or do something and, and it's just not quite going in straight. So you just keep cranking it and cranking it and crank it till it cross threads and eventually goes in, and then you could just pull it out. I feel like Kyle Shanahan is cross-thread coaching. He's just doing as much as he possibly can, and it's not working, but hey, we're going to keep doing it. This team is bad. The Thank the Lord they have Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and George Kittle to keep them afloat, and these running backs somehow continue to produce and, and score points for them. Uh, Jimmy G isn't the answer. I don't think Trey Lance is the answer either, but it can't be any worse than Jimmy G. Uh <sighs> I want to say it's just kind of, I mean, look what we saw with the Ravens last year. It felt like the NFL figured the Ravens out. They became bland, vanilla, like horrible offensively. And all of a sudden this Ravens offense is back again this year. Shanahan just feels like he's gotten away from what he's good at. He's trying to do too much. And the, the momentum of the team has just gotten lost. There is no path. They have no idea what they're doing at this stage. All right, let's move on to the Raiders with Brian Edwards. Uh, Brian Edwards, people were pointing to him for the, you know, fill the void targets of uh, Henry Ruggs being departed. And that didn't happen. He got four targets. He did 0.0 with those targets. I am not saying to, you know, uh, drop Brian Edwards but it's definitely not a positive indicator that, like, in this game where really it was him and Hunter Renfro, Hunter Renfro severely out-targeted him. Yeah, it it wasn't um, it wasn't great. You know, Waller got his. He got 11 targets, went for 7 and 92. Renfro, for whatever awful reason, they continue to target him. Hey, he's like if someone cut off one of Jarvis Landry's legs. Uh, Kenyon Drake got some work, which I understand They're, You know, I, 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 I don't get it. They're getting Zay Jones involved now too, who also had four targets, but only caught one of them for 20 Edwards to me is the best wide receiver in this room. That's well, pass catcher, not named Darren Waller and his quality of targets is just, it's really not, not good at all. Um, and to be fair, 
Derek Carr wasn't very good either. The Giants learned how to play football at, at some point, and they figured that out pretty quickly. Uh, I mean, he attempted like almost, what, 50 passes through for under 300 yards, threw some picks. It didn't seem like normal Derek Carr. I, I, maybe the Henry Ruggs stuff is like messing with him or something. I have no idea. I, I, I don't know, but I have to imagine we'll get a Derek Carr bounce back. And considering the the zero depth this team has, Brian Edwards has to be involved. But also, it looks like they're scheming this offense to not involve Brian Edwards. So I don't know what's going on. Uh, it's it's anyone's best guess. And my best guess would be that Brian Edwards is good. Raiders bad. Yeah. I mean, my best guess is maybe somewhere in the middle there that Brian Edwards is going to get a little bit more opportunity, but I'm not beating down the door of any Brian Edwards manager and saying, give me Brian Edwards because I wanted to see a little bit more than four catches for zero for four targets for zero catches in this game. Um, but we'll see what happens the rest of the season because I mean, they brought in Deshaun Jackson. They could bring in Odell Beckham, um, but he's going to get an opportunity at some point. Well, let's wrap the show with a player we probably should have talked about last week. But we forgot about him. Um, Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley has stepped away from football. Um, there, there's no timetable. There's not like this isn't like a knee injury where he's out three to four weeks. This isn't a concussion where he's going to miss a week. It's, you know, mental illness. It is you know, something going on with, with him personally. Um, and so that, that is hard to value. I, I talk about it anytime there's any sort of off the field issue. I am terrified of off the field issues because you don't really know what's going to happen. Like I've seen torn ACLs. I've seen torn Achilles. Like I, I'm not a doctor, but I've seen players come back from those and how long it takes and yada, yada, yada. We've literally, and as far as I'm concerned, as far as I can remember, We've never seen a player take him. Oh, other than I guess Lane Johnson did it, but I'm talking about we've never seen a fantasy player take a mental health break in the middle of the season. Yeah, it's definitely strange. I mean, you hope that Ricky Williams okay, took, but Ricky Williams took off a whole season. Now that I'm well, remembering. Ricky Williams went to wherever he went to go smoke a bunch of weed. That's not exactly <laughs> what Calvin Ridley is doing. It, you know, I'm sure he would know that by now. If that's what Calvin Ridley was doing. Um, and it very, it, you know, what it could be is having to play with Matt Ryan. Uh, that that could be his mental illness for the love of God. Have you seen him throw a football the last eight weeks? Hey, but they um, beat the Saints. Shout out to them. <laughs> I don't know how that uh, occurred. Yeah, it, it's a it's a tough spot, you know, and and you're not really in a position to sell if you own him at the stage because you're probably at the point where people are only buying if you're selling it to just get him off the roster, which you can't really do with what formerly was a top 20 dynasty asset uh, and a top yeah. 10 wide receiver. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would snap by with the 201, but do you think, do you think that sniffs it or I think it's much higher than, than 201 right now? See, we're probably in the space again because a lot of the Calvin Ridley owners are the Calvin Ridley guys, the ones that bought in and believed that he could thrive without Julio. He could win with Matt Ryan. Uh, sure. I mean, he's he's been a top three round startup asset for like three years now. So like, right. unless your startup is like four or five years old, like you've paid a premium price for Calvin Ridley. Yeah. And you're not going to get a premium to get out from Calvin Ridley unless you sold at the beginning of the season. Like <clears throat> one of us maybe had mentioned. Um, I, I mean, it was free value to be completely honest. None of us saw this coming. The only thing we did see coming was Matt Ryan being awful. Uh, that was that was pretty clear. So. This offense uh, is Kyle Pitts to the moon. 
unfortunately, because I don't like pumping up tight ends like that, but that's the case. As far as Calvin Ridley goes, I think if you have him, you hold, unless somebody's still buying for like top 40 prices, which I can't really imagine. Um, if you can go buy for like a mid two, it's probably worth the risk. You know, and, and this could be nothing. It could be, hey, I just need a break from football. I need a break from this high profile gig. It's it's a lot. I don't think people understand how big of a toll this takes on people outside of the physicalness of football, which I mean, literally almost kills you week in and week out. There's a lot of mental drain that goes on there as well. So uh, well, let, he just needs a break. Let, let's full circle this here. Uh, in a super flex, and let's assume non-contender, Baker or Ridley in super flex? Baker, because I know he's playing next week. Yeah, I take I, those I, points now over Ridley because I don't know if he's... There's a chance he doesn't play, you know? As as crazy as that may sound, there's an outside chance he doesn't play. Sure. Yeah, no, and obviously you're packing that into any trade, but I, I you were lower on Baker, so I was wondering how low it could be. It could be, and, but you're yeah. still taking Baker over Ridley. Yeah, oddly enough, yeah. Just just because, especially in Superflex, obviously, um, the quarterback is king, and wide receivers that aren't playing don't really have a whole lot of value. Yep, for sure. All right, so that should wrap us up for this evening. Week 9 is behind us. Week 10 is onward. Um, by the way, we don't really talk NFL on this, but this was a crazy week in the NFL, all the upsets, craziness. Somehow the Bucks are still the 2-3 seed or whatever. Um, very excited about that, but the Cardinals need to lose some games. <laughs> True. If Kyle Murray's out, Kyle Murray's out for any extended period of time, I would imagine that. Uh, and they play a coach that's not Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, it's become a freebie at this point, hasn't it? All right, that's your episode for this week. We'll talk to you guys next week. Kadoosh! You're good. Chewing and podcasting. I, I I haven't heard you eating your spaghetti yet. I've only seen you do it. Well, there's broccoli, so there's definitely some crunch. Ooh, <laughs> good addition. You've worked hard for what you have: your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to three million dollars in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.